When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What it do, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is our Wide Receiver Stockwatch episode for 2023, where we break down uh, all the wide receiver ADPs, guys we're high on, guys we're low on. Uh, and here to help me do it, one of my fellow top rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, I just snapped a 15-bet winning streak yesterday. Uh, so I had a good week. You know, WNBA, NBA, baseball, love it. Uh, so we're covering from that. But hoping to start a new one. Uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm gearing up for the finals. I mean, what a wild yeah. uh, what a wild ride oh. was that Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but uh, finally, we got a matchup. And uh, Sidebar here, you think Nuggets – Crush yeah. him, or you think it's? I, I, don't th- I don't think they crush him. I, I do. I do think the Heat. I, I think the Heat get a couple in Miami at least because Denver has not yeah. been uh, nearly as good on the road. But um, yeah, it's kind of tough with you know just that series going seven. I think you know, and then the first two games. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's gonna be sure. Tough. Uh, but yeah, let's let's jump into these wide receivers because we got a lot to talk about uh, here and. Um, I think I want to start with with guys that we think are undervalued uh, according to early ADP. So why don't you start us off? Yeah, so I, I'm going with Michael Gallup, who as of now is going like right around wide receiver 71, mm-hmm. uh, which is just way too low. You know, he had a disappointing 2022 season last year. A lot of that had to do just with the fact that he tore his ACL towards the end of 2021. So he was never quite 100% last season. And while the Cowboys, you know, they brought in Brandon Cooks, who could make Gallup more of a wide receiver three instead of a wide receiver two, in the offense, they did lose Dalton Schultz. And I don't think they really did a good job trying to replace those targets. So Gallup should be the number three target at worst um, in this offense. And he's an injury way of being a top two target. So I just think, you know, Gallup's typically uh, pretty cheap going into the season. But right now, wide receiver 71 is ridiculous. So I just love taking a flyer on him in this range. Yeah, I totally agree. He's one of the guys I had written down as well, because I think, you know, coming off the ACL injury last year and it, you know, it kind of it seemed like he was rushed back a little bit. Um, and, yeah. you know, you expect them to be uh, more recovered a, a year down the line. Brandon Cook's also a little bit older, so it's no given. He just steps into that, you know, exact same Amari Cooper role, I guess you would call it from a couple of years ago. So yeah, Galp is a guy who I had my eye on as well. I think he'll, you know, anytime you can take a, a, a receiver that's had a track record of production, um, still young and, you know, in an offense that should be uh, pretty strong. I think you're, you're winning there. So yeah. Wide receiver, what is it? 70 way too low. 
71. Get yeah. that extra slot in there. <laughs> uh, I'll go with, uh, I'll start off with Keenan Allen. Uh, always one of my favorite guys um, <laughs> on this podcast. I think everybody knows, but I, you know, whatever demise, you know, seems to be baked into his ADP here at, at wide receiver 22. I, I think that's uh, premature because yes, you know, guys are going to miss games from time to time. And he had a, a pretty bad season with that last year, but in the 10 games that Keenan Allen played, he was the wide receiver 12 in half PPR mm-hmm. points per game. So the on-field production, even and even with him being hindered in, in some of those games, um, the on-field production was still there. He's one of the best route runners in the league. And, you know, I think all, ultimately them drafting a guy like Quentin Johnston is only going to help, you know, kind of keep the defense honest because Allen's not going – down the field as much as maybe he would have in his first couple of years, but he's going to win everything intermediate underneath. You got Mike Williams, you got Johnston guys that can, you know, do things at different parts of the field. The tight end situation is still meh. Like it's, it's not really going to take a ton of targets away uh, from Allen. And he's always competed with Austin Eckler uh, and still managed to be one of the most productive fantasy receivers in the game. I think this charger offense, you know, still going to continue to throw, uh, at a high rate, that seems to be what they believe in. So, um, yeah, I, I think Keenan Allen, you know, if he gets hurt, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that that ADP made sense. But you're not really banking on a, a wide receiver to get hurt. If it was a running back, mm-hmm. you know, with with a with somewhat of an injury history, I think you'd look at it a little differently. But this was just a – we've seen this before from him, where he's had, like, a really bad season. He barely plays any games. And he comes back in the next four or five years, he just – goes right back to doing what he does. So I still think he's got a few years left in him. Didn't see any drop off again uh, on the field. So I think wide receiver 22 is too low. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he nailed it where, you know, he did miss six or seven games, but when he was healthy, he was still elite. I think I'd be concerned if his production dropped off, but he's still elite. Um, and he was labeled as you like an injury risk after his first three or four seasons. And then he, he missed what two total games over the next five seasons. Yeah. So he's proven to be durable He's always super consistent. So, and I, you know, Justin Herbert had a bad uh, for him. He had a bad season, probably due to Keen Allen missing so much time. So, I think Herbert will bounce back, and you can invest in that through Keen Allen. Absolutely. Uh, who you got next? Um, I got uh, Alan Lazard, baby, at wide oh receiver fifty six. Yes, he is my boy, and you know, he was one of my favorite sleepers last year. He didn't pan out quite the way I thought he would. Uh, Christian Watson. Uh, you know, it took me for surprise a bit, but he still ended up as the wide receiver 30 last season. Um, and, you know, he obviously he isn't an elite talent and obviously Garrett Wilson is the better talent and will be Aaron Rodgers number one target uh, this season. Um, but, you know, Lazard already has the most chemistry with Rodgers and he's probably more equipped to really be the wide receiver two in offense anyway. So, you know, if this Jets offense hits, um, you know, Lazard's going to be a uh, steal at wide receiver 56. So, uh, I just think he makes a ton of sense. You know, Aaron Rodgers brought him over for reasons. So I think he's going to target him enough, especially in the red zone, uh, to hit at this price. Yeah, like Alan Lazar was one of the guys, uh, maybe even the wide receiver I was most wrong about last year. Uh, I just did not, you know, did not believe in him as a number one kind of guy. Um, always, you know, didn't believe that he could get open enough to to warrant that kind of workload and, and also hold the position for the whole year. But he was playing pretty much every snap. And, uh, you know, he was pretty productive most of the year. I know Watson did kind of take some of his thunder near the end, but um, yeah, he, he's, he's a guy that I think, I, I think last year, I think he was still kind of getting better, which I, I think is a positive for him going forward because that's one of the reasons I was down on him. I'm like, all right, you know, this guy is what 
what was he 20 what is he 28 now i think it's gonna be his 20 year 28 uh age 28 yeah season. yeah 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 so you know usually Tail those are guys prime Tail right right prime. So usually those are guys i stay away from but mm-hmm. um yeah he proved me wrong and the fact that the jets went out and gave him such a lucrative contract and he's going to a quarterback um that he's already familiar with i think he should be a pretty solid play i mean it, it's getting pretty crowded in that jet receiver room i'm, I'm interested to see what they because they still got davis there right yeah, yeah, and that Michael Hardman. Michael uh, Hardman. I still love Denzel Mims. I keep hoping he gets traded. Yeah, um, they could trade away at Corey Davis. I would. Not uh, yeah, shocked. yeah, I would think. Um, so I, I think, think this so. receiving room will be a little bit thinner come week one. Cobb. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. he makes the team. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, the, the money, the money talks. Willows are the money talks. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my next one is Traylon Burks, uh, wide receiver, forty-three or in the mid forties. Uh, I really like investing in year two uh, breakout candidates for wide receivers. And Burks has kind of everything that I look for in a guy that could be his ADP by a good, you know, 20 or so slots. You know, number one, he's kind of locked in as that primary only target that could potentially really be a target hog uh, in Tennessee. Obviously, you got the tight end, Conco, who I love as well. Uh, but this team really is in dire need of a, a wide receiver to just get targets and down the stretch, Burks uh, started coming on. He had a bunch of games, you know, over 50 yards and really started to, to put it together. And if you uh, kind of extrapolated what he was doing down the stretch at the end of last year, you know, his numbers wouldn't look that different from a guy like A.J. Brown's except for the touchdowns, you know. And, you know, maybe those will come in due time. But I, I just think that this guy Burks, you know, he did enough last year down the stretch for me to look and say, okay, with a lot of targets and no real competition in that wide receiver room, um, you know, that the, that he could have a, a second year week because you always like to, guys to finish strong because some guys hit a rookie wall um, in their first years. But, you know, Burks had a, you know, in his last six games, he had a seven for 111, a four for 70, uh, a four for 66, uh, another four catch game where he didn't really do, get much uh, yardage wise. Uh, but I, I do, I did like what I saw down the stretch. Uh, from him and uh, yeah I think he I think wide receiver 43 you know these are the guys we see this every year these yep. these year two guys they just kind of come out of nowhere and it's like oh wow like if only I had just <laughs> you know they don't look that great like on paper they're just like oh whatever it looks like the right spot but uh, I think these are the guys that tend to go up in value um, we've seen this mm-hmm. repeatedly uh, and so Burks is a guy I'm, I'll be investing in as a potential uh, AJ Brown like even target hog yeah. in, in that Titans offense. Yeah, you keep banging the the table for Burks. I love it. He's still too cheap. And this is the range we're really trying to take flyers on guys with the high ceiling, which mm-hmm. he obviously does. But he probably has the higher floor out of all these wide receivers because he's the undisputed number one target in this offense, right, heading into the season. So I think he has a really high floor too. So whether, you know, you target running backs, tight ends early, and he's your wide receiver three, or he's your first wide receiver on the bench or you're playing best ball, he just he's a no-brainer in this range. Yeah, and couldn't have had a worse offseason last year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this year, it's it's uh, it's been a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously, it's puff piece season, but uh, right. I had no issues thus far with any anything physical or otherwise. So that's always good to hear. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Who else you got? Uh, I'm going with Jordan Addison at wide receiver 42 range is is where he's being drafted in this. You know, I always have to promote the rookie wide receiver coming (laughs) out of VOC, but for a good reason. I mean, they just keep generating elite wide receivers and he's the next one. And I just, I love the landing spot in Minnesota. You know, obviously he's going to be the number three target behind Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Um, But he's, he's like an Emmanuel Sanders type of receiver. I think he's going to thrive as a wide receiver too. Um, Should take up most of the targets left behind by Adam Thielen, even to KJ Osborne's target share as well. Um, You know, he can line up inside outside. He's a smaller receiver, but he could do it all. Um, So I just think in this range for a rookie, he has a great, floor ceiling combo um so this is the range i think you should be taking uh you know a rookie with uh upside like addison does yeah he's um you know and i it, what is the only knock on him is his size really right like that's yeah. the only yeah you can fix that though just you know <laughs> just get in the gym bulk up a bit yeah that's yeah. that's pretty easy to fix so i think he will have to put on some pounds um i think the last i checked he was like 175 but if he just gets up to 180 he should be fine uh you know he he can play outside, but if he has to line up inside, so be it. He could do it all. All right. Uh, next for me is uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, he's going wide receiver 58. And this is just another example of, of guys that I like to take in year two. And the reason for Dobbs, at, at first, you know, when I saw the uh, Packers draft, I was like, all right, they drafted what? Like two, three receivers. They drafted a couple of tight ends. And I was like, this is probably not great news for Dobbs. Uh, but the more I kind of dig into it in the offseason – um, there's like a clear separation between, you know, Watson and Dobbs and then everyone else. Like everyone else is like a, you know, like a, a rookie, a guy that they're kind of developing long term. And um, Dobbs is a guy that he's working out with Jordan Love all offseason. And, you know, LaFleur is saying, you know, they're going to rely on on Watson and Dobbs uh, and, uh, you know, in this offense. And I think, you know, obviously Aaron Jones will probably get more targets than your average running back and continue yeah. to be a factor but you know Dobbs is a guy I think a lot of us liked last year we still like the talent and you know even though it looked like last year it looked like he probably was gonna uh potentially have a bigger role um this year I think his role is more locked in I think he's another guy that's showing he can be on the field for every snap outside so well I do think Watson will be the the top receiver there uh wide receiver 58 I think you're getting kind of some free upside here because we just really don't know much about Jordan Love um, but you're essentially getting him at like the bottom barrel price for like a, a, a wide receiver two um, at wide receiver 58. If you say there's like 64, you know, top two wide receivers, there's a couple of number threes in there. But, you know, it, the point is um, this guy, he had a target share of about 20.5 percent per route run. So anytime you're getting above 20, that that kind of says you can be, you know, more than just your kind of, you know, def- default target. Like you can be commanding. Uh, you know, targets in that, you know, top one, top two range uh, on your team. So uh, I think Dobbs has a sneaky bet to to kind of break out a little more uh, this season. So uh, like that, like taking that that uh, shot at Dobbs at wide receiver 50. And this also could be a, a 
maybe the shakiest Packer team we've seen in a while, which only only would help them, you know, throwing the ball. Because last year, even though they went eight and nine, um, the you know it wasn't like they had an amazing year throwing the ball volume wise or or otherwise. So even some added volume because the team is not as good could potentially help him. But anyway, I think he takes a step forward. I uh, still like the talent. Yeah, I mean, remember after like week five or six, we, me, you, everybody thought Dobbs is the next like Devontae Adams replacement. Yeah. We kind of forgot about Christian Watson. So he's he's there. I think he's going to be a top two target. Um, I think Jaden Reed, it was a good landing spot for him, but I think he's more of a returner. He's not that polished yet as a receiver. So I think Dobbs can hold him off and either way be a top two target. So yeah, I love getting him in that range as well. All right, who else you got? Uh, going with another rookie um, in this range, the wide receiver 45 range, this is where I love to take rookies and it's Quentin Johnson. Um, you know, I love the landing spot on the Chargers. Obviously, I think he also has the highest upside of all rookie wide receivers. Um, but despite being 6'4", he's surprisingly not great at contested catches. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's really good at generating yak. Um, so he has all those skills um, that are unteachable. <laughs> so, you know, if he were to fix, you know, his handwork, um, be better at contested catches, he, he's going to be a home run in the draft. And I think, you know, the reason I like him is he'll probably take over the Josh Palmer role as wide receiver three. And, you know, I've been on high on Palmer the past couple seasons. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily due to his skills. It's really just due to the situation. Um, because if Keenan Allen or Mike Williams miss time, you know, Johnson could provide wide receiver three or better value. Um, and just given the past few seasons, it seems more likely than not, he's going to have a few games where you can bank on him in your lineup or in best ball. Um, and, you know, I think having a new offense coordinator there like Kellen Moore could help unleash uh, Justin Herbert's upside. So I just love him being attached to Herbert um, in his rookie season. Um, and even though he's not a perfect prospect, he has the highest ceiling. So that's why I like taking him in this range. Yeah, where's he going now? He's, he's like in the in the Wide 40s. receiver 45. Yeah. Yeah, like that's 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 pretty high. Um, honestly, for me, like I I think I think that's like kind of at the ceiling that I take him. Yeah, like I mean, what's your ceiling for? Like, what's your ceiling that you would uh take him? Um, probably like if he's still there, it depends who else is available. Always, but I would say wide receiver thirty nine or forty. Okay. Um, but he does fall. Uh, There's there's a lot of guys in this range that I'm uh, avoiding and taking, so it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Right. Exactly. But uh, I just think that – remember ranking Josh Palmer last year whenever Keenan Allen or Mike Jones were out? He was like a wide receiver too. Yeah. So if – and Johnson's good enough where he doesn't need either one of those receivers to miss time to really establish himself as a wide receiver three. You know, this is partly just investing on Herbert having a really good season. Um, so he just has a lot of things going in his favor. Um, and like I said, he just has the highest upside of all of this class. Um, and this is the range where he's going to be your wide receiver four, or wide receiver five. Um, you might as well just take a shot like that. Yeah, different different type of receiver. But I think the hope is that it kind of gets into like a a Tyler Boyd type of, of situation where he's on the field every snap. Yeah. And, you know, if any one of them, the top two gets hurt, he'll have a good game. And sometimes he'll just have a good game because of the matchup. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, Everett and that whole tight end room, they didn't really get a chance to, to um, improve it in any way. So the tight ends, you can kind of look at them like, okay, those are the bottom, that's the bottom of the, the target totem pole. Um, and that number three wide receiver could uh, beat them out. Uh, for for targets this year because they didn't really do anything they, they're going to go yeah. back with Everett McKitty, uh, oh God, 
They like McKitty. I, I every time like they're like they're talking. I, I hear the GM talking about you know like we didn't add anything in the tight end room, but we got we got McKitty. Yeah, like, oh, no, they okay. love McKitty. Yes, okay, <laughs> cool name, but uh, uh, so uh, another guy I, I like to uh, beat his ADP is Alec Pierce at, at wide receiver seventy two. And this is another guy. Initially, when the draft happens, I was like, I was like, hmm, I don't know. They drafted Josh Downs, but you know, Josh Downs obviously a, a Paris Campbell replacement in the slot. But you know, this is going to be a whole new offense now with uh, with with, with Steichen and, and Anthony Richardson here. And I think Pierce can really flourish in this type of offense. It's going to be a lot more uh, of a vertical type of offense. And I just don't think uh, Matt Ryan could really do that. You know, obviously he was on his last last legs last year, but you look at Pierce's numbers with Ryan, 48% uh, catch rate, 7.3 yards per target. That was worse than with just all the other quarterbacks that Indianapolis was trotted out there. He had a 65% catch rate uh, and 8.6 yards per target. Now the sample is obviously smaller, just 20 targets, but it just kind of shows that a lot of the time it was, you know, Pierce just running wind sprints in, in routes in, in places that Ryan wasn't really, and that offense in general just wasn't going, which was down the field. So I think, you know, Richardson especially adds a, a whole new element. It's not like Pierce, you know, you're betting on a ton of volume here, but you're betting on some big plays. And I, I do think he's a guy that, uh, you know, has shown he could be on the field every snap. Uh, he's a bigger body, so he'll give you enough in, in blocking to kind of weave out there. Um, so I think he's another kind of sneaky year two breakout where, you know, I'm sure people look at Pittman and I'm sure, you know, uh, Downs being the shiny new toy, uh, he'll get some love. But I think Pierce when you look at all of their ADPs, I think Pierce actually has the best bet at not only beating his ADP, but getting into that, you know, flex ish range where you could actually use him um, from week to week and, and and know you have a chance for, for a big play uh, or a touchdown or, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown or something like that. So uh, I like Alec Pierce to beat his wide receiver 72 ADP. Yeah. And I think, He's going to offer the most value early in the season. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew is going to start, I don't know, the first couple, few games. They play the uh, Texans, the Rams. The Rams defense, you mentioned it, could be a disaster mm -hmm. this year. So I think he, he might be a good sell-high candidate when that happens because when Anthony Richardson takes over, you know, they might not throw as much. Um, and, you know, I don't, Josh, I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind that, though. I don't mind Richardson because I, I, I want Richardson's arm. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I want Richardson's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like I don't, I'm not saying like – I don't think Pierce is going to, he's not going to be like a six for, for one oh six guy. I'm, right, I'm exactly. But I'm saying, I think he can be like a three or four for like 80 guy a little more than. Oh yeah. His ADP I just, suggests. Definitely just based on the talent alone, he should not be drafted in the seventies. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that hundred percent, but I, I think he could start off pretty hot. Um. All right. Anybody else for you? That's it for me. You got one more, right? I got, I got a couple. I'll, I'll just run them <laughs> by you. Cause I, it's not, I'm yeah. not as. So the first guy, and I don't, I don't know what to do with this guy, DJ Chark. I think is really interesting because he's at wide receiver fifty-one. The, Adam Thielen pretty much everything suggested like <laughs> that he's declining. Like, I, like yeah. I, I kind of looked into it a little more, watched him. He looks like he's going downhill. Mingo's a second round pick. Um, so it could take a little bit of time. You also got Terrace Marshall there, who seems like he might even get a chance to start, but. Like that's Terrace Marshall, but like Chark is entering his his age. Um, what is it? Twice. Let me see. Let me make sure. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah, let me. Yeah, he's entering his prime. Time. Let's see. He's yeah. He'll this will be his age twenty seven season, yeah. and we've seen him put up 
you know, kind of like a, a team leading, you know, in a 70 catch thousand yard season before he's been, he's been kind of hurt. So I think that does hurt him, but I'm just curious as to what you thought. Cause like, I, I think there's, we're kind of underestimating Chark leading, like being mm-hmm. the number one in Carolina. So I'm, I'm just curious as what you think of, of, of him in general. Cause I'm not like completely sold on him yet, either. Right. but I'm just kind of wanting to run it by you. I think he's, he's best ball only like he's mm-hmm. perfect for best ball, but I mean, I'm not completely writing off Adam Thielen. Uh, Like I said, he's not going to be anywhere close to his prime. But I think to start with a rookie, he could be a reliable target still. Um, Plus, he was lined up against, uh, you know, across from the greatest wide receiver in the game right now last year. So that's kind of why he wasn't seeing as many targets. But I love Jonathan Mingo as a prospect. I think he could surprise as a rookie. I can't write off Terrence Marshall quite yet. (laughs) I just can't. Um, And LaVisca Chenault's still there. I love Hayden Hurst. So there's just a lot of weapons yeah. there. I don't really know how it's going to you know, sort out, but Tark has his role in this offense. I think, like you mentioned, I think he's going to play a key role, but it'll be more the deep threat. You know, who knows how Bryce Young will look in your one. So I think Tark will have a few big games. Good luck trying to figure out which ones they are. So I'm just saying he's a best yeah. ball only bet for that, me. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And, I, and I think his, his ADP actually will drop because I don't think there are a lot of people yeah. going to be too excited. <laughs> but he just kind of, as I was digging into the Panthers, he was just the guy that kind of stuck out as like, Okay, I'm sure there's people that are going to think Thielen because of the history. There's people going to think Mingo because yeah. of the new toy, Marshall because of the last four or five games that he ended the year. But um, and then Hurst because another guy new toy. But yeah, I don't know. Shark just stuck out entering his prime. And then the other one, um, and, and I actually do like this guy. I do think he beats his ADP, but still curious to see your thoughts on him. I know you did a lot of work um, on, on the draft and, and and kind of mocking these up. Uh, Marvin Mims Jr. Uh, is going wide receiver 89. And I, I, you know, from everything we're hearing out of camp, you know, new, new regime, Sean Payton, they draft a, a wide receiver at, on day two, even though they have a, a pretty good, I mean, you would think uh depth chart of wide receivers. It just doesn't seem like uh, they're sold on Judy or Sutton. We're hearing them both are, have been available in trade rumors. Tim Patrick is kind of like, you know, he was he was kind of hanging on and 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 outplaying those guys, but you know now coming off a major injury and new regime, I don't know if he's I don't think he's going to be looked at in the same light. Hamler can't stay healthy, right. so I think this Marvin Mims guy could actually make a, a an impact as a as a rookie and even Dulcich. You know, we kind of talked about how we don't know where yeah. he stands because they 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 brought in Troutman. So I'm just curious as to your your thoughts on on Mims because he's another guy kind of stuck out. Wide receiver 89. I think he ba- beats that ADP at a minimum, but I think he may be a lot more involved in this Denver passing attack from day one um, than, than, pretend, than, you know, is thought at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I think the the plan with Mims is to be sort of the KJ Hamler replacement. Kind of reminds me of him. So like you mentioned, Hamler just can't stay healthy. Um, you have a new coaching regime. I think Mims would fit that mold. Um, plus, I don't know if they're going to enter the season with Judy Sutton and Patrick, right? Are, are exactly. They, yeah, so I think if right now invest in him because if that happens, yes, he will smash his ADP right now. So I would say that's the angle. Um, I still think my favorite investment in this offense is still Greg Dulcich. But mm-hmm. where you can get Mims right now, considering one of those top three receivers might be gone, um, I think you should do it. Yeah, so I like Mims as a prospect. It's a good landing spot for him because this wide receiver tree, uh, depth chart could shake up before week one. So I like that call. Yeah, maybe he'll be like this year's Rashid Shahid or something. He is a what is he a four point three eight forty or something like that. So oh, he yeah. might he might be able to do a lot with a little. But yeah, I I yeah. just I mean Sean Payton's kind of telegraphing the guys that he yeah. wants and the guys that he doesn't. So that you know 
uh, using a, what was it? The two thirty, the last pick of the second round um, on, on a wide receiver kind of stuck out with all the yeah. pass catching talent they have. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I, I would say at the bare minimum, if you're not going to, if you're not in a position to like invest in them, cause you don't play a lot of bus ball. Like if you just a redraft player or whatever, like, Keep tabs on this guy. Yeah. Keep tabs. Um, set up a Google alert or something because, yeah, um, I, I think he could blow up. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to my favorite guys who are <laughs> overvalued. Too much, uh, too many puff pieces this time of year. Yeah. Uh, start us off. Um, so for my first overvalued guy, I got to go with uh, Elijah Moore, um, who's wide receiver 49. Um, and last year I loved, I, I still like Elijah Moore as a talent. Um, you know, he had an impressive rookie season. He was the wide receiver two overall during a, what, six to seven week stretch. Uh, and then last year he had a sophomore slump, fell out of favor with the Jets. So I think he should benefit from, you know, fresh scenery ending up, uh, in a different scheme, but, uh, wide receiver 49 is just way too high because while Moore should get the first crack, um, at the Browns slot receiver role, you know, they, they still have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, David Joku. They drafted Cedric Tillman. So there's a lot of potential weapons there. So Moore will be, what, the number three target in a fairly run-heavy offense still. Um, and Deshaun Watson, it goes without saying, he struggled last season, uh, especially on underneath throws. Um, he had an 81% catch ball, ball rate to slot receivers, which is 31st out of 41 QBs. Um, so, you know, Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore are two very talented players coming off bad years. I think both of them really have to bounce back with good season for, uh, more to hit at this price. Um, so in the wide receiver 49 range, I just rather take flyers on, you know, rookies like Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson. I don't know, maybe hoping Michael Thomas can stay healthy for once. Um, I just see more paths to upside and higher floors with guys in this range than Elijah Moore. Yeah. You know, it's. It's usually like I think it's the rookies and it's those year two guys. Um, and then when you look at a guy like Moore, who's yeah, he's still young, but you know, going to a new team, um, that doesn't always, you know, it's not always a seamless transition, especially when there's a lot of question marks about Watson. So yeah, it's I think if he dropped a little bit, it would make more sense because he does right. have a chance to get, you know, I, I think to to be a more of a target hog than a guy like DPJ, who's more of a downfield. Yeah guy but you know that's not even a, a guarantee as of now so yeah it, it, it's gonna be tough and there's there's already puff pieces on him <laughs> uh being deshaun watson's favorite target otas but they're just running around in shorts with no one covering him right so yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and i saw a bunch of and cooper's saw, hurt so <laughs> i saw some pieces that were saying watson was actually not throwing the ball that well and, and oh no and really anyway yeah uh, so well, that's also <laughs> um, and I feel like every year we have like three or four games in Cleveland where there's like 30 plus mile or wins or some bomb cycle. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll beat the Ravens like 10 to six or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got to factor that in by now. Right. For uh Browns players. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll start off with the first overvalued guy I see uh, on the ADP list is uh, our boy Debo Samuel. He's uh, yeah. wide receiver 15. And I think that's too high just given what, you know, it kind of this offense is now with Christian McCaffrey there. Yep. They just have so many weapons. And, you know, we kind of saw that even last year where Samuel and obviously he was a little bit banged up at, at various points, but eight targets per game without uh, McCaffrey in the lineup. And that dropped to 6.7 per game with McCaffrey in the lineup. And his receiving yardage dropped from 58 per game to 41 
per game. And also, you also have less of a need to give him a ton of rushing attempts um, with CMC and Elijah Mitchell in there. Um, you know, there were times when Debo was getting eight, 10 rushing attempts. Now I think it's, you know, it's usually going to be in that four to six range at tops. So uh, I think you lose some of the ceiling and you lose some of the floor uh, with Debo in this McCaffrey offense. So still a, uh, obviously a, a, a offensive weapon and a guy who could put up a massive uh, week at any point, but I think he's a little bit closer to Brandon Ayuk in terms of value now, just because his usage isn't so as unique as it was uh, before McCaffrey got there. So um, without McCaffrey, elite wide receiver, wide receiver one, sure. But he's still being drafted as a borderline wide receiver one. Um, And, you know, now, and we also don't have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't, there's question marks about when Purdy will be ready. Um, You know, we don't know exactly how it'll look with Lance. Uh, if he's still there or Darnold. So, yeah, there's just a lot of question marks. I think wide receiver 15 is a little too rich uh, for Debo. And I believe you were even down on Debo last year, kind of mm-hmm. saying he probably couldn't repeat. Touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, touchdown. right, right. Yeah. And so even, yeah, so I think there's still that kind of residual effect of of what he did a couple of years ago baked into this ADP in terms of upside. But I don't really see that upside there um, yep. with with McCaffrey. I, I, I Obviously a better best ball pick than, than probably a redraft, but mm-hmm. still – wide receiver 15 is a little too rich yeah no i agree and it's just when you're projecting the niners um it's just impossible because we don't know who's going to be the quarterback and it's just a massive difference having brock purdy or trey lance back there or you know how sam darnold will look um so it's it's really tough but i think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to debo just christian mccaffrey is kind of that role where you know he's getting those direct handoffs obviously he's running back but getting those catches out of the backfield. He really hasn't had to deal with that. They had what Jamichael hasty yep. as their pass catching back before that. So that just really eats into Debo's target share and touchdown share. I mean, he only scored what five touchdowns last year. Um, so he should see some positive touchdown regression this year. And he's obviously an elite talent, but I think that's why he's being overdrafted. People are just overvaluing his real life value, but in fantasy, um, like you said, like he's probably only going to get three to four, direct handoffs a game at most, um, you know, four or four and a half catches. So he just doesn't have the same upside we saw at the end of, you know, 2021. And never more than six receiving touchdowns in a season, just two last year. So, yeah. you know, if he's not getting those carries and if he's not getting them where it matters, um, you know, down near the red zone, uh, yeah, he could yeah, he could have another year with five, yep. four or five touchdowns. Uh, all right, who else you got? Um, so – I'm pretty low on Rashad Bateman, just where he's draft being drafted at wide receiver 46. You know, the Ravens could be more passive. They will be under Todd Munkin, but you know, they just have so many quality pass catchers. Now, you know, they added Odell Beckham. They drafted Zay flowers, who I love. Um, they even brought in Nelson Aguilar who adds some nice depth. Uh, you know, he could enter in the mix, uh, you know, even when everyone's healthy. And of course they still have Mark Andrews. So Bateman's the kind of wide receiver that does rely on volume. You know, I don't think he's going to score many touchdowns. So I think it's just he doesn't have the floor ceiling combo I like to have in the wide receiver 45 range. Um, plus, I, there's a slight chance they also bring in DeAndre Hopkins. I, I still think he goes to Buffalo, but, you know, anything can happen. So if Hopkins ends up in Baltimore, you know, it's going to make Bateman's price even worse um, in this range. So he's also coming off a Liz Frank injury from last year. So he might not be 100% heading into camp. We'll see. So we'll have to monitor his health. But 
I don't know. At wide receiver 46, again, I just rather take flyers on rookies like Addison, Johnson, go guys like that than Bateman, uh, who, you know, I think has a limited ceiling. Yeah, he's he's super inconsistent as it was. Um, but I think last year you kind of looked at it and said, okay, well, he has a chance to be that number one receiver where now it's kind of up in the air, not only with guys on the roster, but guys that aren't even on the roster yet yeah. that could overtake him. So yeah, it's a tough situation. Uh, and, and I feel the same way about Odell Beckham. You know, he's going at wide receiver 45. He's, so he's going even higher than than Bateman. And I think he's another guy that I would just exercise caution with um, because you look at this Baltimore team and they, you know, I know they got the new offensive coordinator in Munkin, but still never been a super pass-heavy team. And, you know, Beckham, we've seen a major decline from age 27, which is usually like the the peak of a wide receiver's um, career, uh, just to age 29, he went from you know 4.6 catches for 65 yards at age 27 to 3.3 for 46 at, at age 28 to just 3.1 for 38 uh, at age 29. Now he's he, we haven't seen him in a year. He's going to be 31, and you know coming off uh, an injury, new offense probably a lower volume offense than he's been on. Um, it's, I, I just don't see the upside here. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where his health is going to be. At. I don't know if he can, if he's still, we should still expect him to stay healthy for a full year. So uh, again, I just don't see the upside for a guy like Beckham, I think. And, you know, even when that Rams during that Rams Super Bowl run, he was kind of living on touchdowns in, in, in mm-hmm. a lot of those things. It wasn't like he was always putting up, you know, 70, 80, 90 yards. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think this could be a, a situation where he should help Baltimore in real life, but I don't think necessarily he's going to help fantasy teams uh, and be consistent in any type of way on a week-to-week basis. Uh, all right, who else you got? Um, I'm also uh, pretty low on – well, let me just start by saying Jamison Williams' ADP right now is wide receiver 45, mm-hmm. and this is one of those examples, um, you know, you coined it last year, like is the market even factoring in or aware – that he's suspended <laughs> the first six games <laughs> because even if he wasn't suspended, um, you know, I think it would make sense to draft him in this range. Um, you know, last year he had a very disappointing rookie season, but we kind of knew that going in, you know, he was, he tore his ACL in the national championship game, which meant, you know, he wasn't going to debut until the second half of the season, but even after he debuted, you know, he was really limited. Um, even when he was on the field, they didn't target him much. His only catch on the season was that, 41-yard touchdown, which was just busted coverage by the Vikings. Uh, he had a nice 40-yard run on a reverse um, in a later game. Um, I still think he has a ton of upside, um, but, you know, there's still question marks, like if it'll translate in the NFL. So just the fact that he suspended six games, you know, count me out at wide receiver 45. Again, I'd rather have potentially 17 games of Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson than, what, 11 at most? from uh, Jamison Williams. So I think his ADP is out of control right now. Yeah, that I, that doesn't make much sense because he he was looking like he could potentially be a bust even if he plays, which is... Uh, is know, there not- is there like any kind of like um, optimism that he might be able to reverse this suspension or something? That's something that could make sense. Not that I've heard. I think it was pretty cut and dry. Like I think <laughs> yeah, they got caught on, on, on team grounds. Um, yeah. I, so. I mean, I'm looking at best ball ADP. Um, and again, I'm one of the people that um, I think sometimes you can get guys super cheap if they're expected to miss six games, especially if it's non-injury related, like he's going to come back and be a hundred percent. 
but still, I just can't wrap my head around this. I think, you know, in the low 60s would be a fair price, you know, missing six games, but I just can't. And I love the talent, but I can't get behind wide receiver 45 right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys in this range um, that it, it, they're just kind of it's it's early in the offseason and they're just kind of there. And, you know, we would think they would kind of switch as in, in kind of get into a better formation as the season grows. Yeah. There. But uh, another one for me, I, I'm I'm out on Adam Thielen. Uh, he's going at wide receiver 49. Um, I, you know, there's just nothing that I can point to because, yeah, <laughs> like he was, you know, he was going he was across from Jefferson, granted, but uh they felt the need to like bring in a whole nother tight end to take over that, that number two role because Steven really was not performing well in it. And if you just look at the the numbers, like whether it's advanced or basic, I mean, career low 10.2 yards per catch career, low 1.1 yards per route career, low 2.3 yards after the catch career, low 21% contested catch rate, which was about 17% lower than his previous low career, low, 1.4% missed tackle uh, forced rate. His career low previously was about three times that. Um, career low in uh, PFF grade, career low in run blocking grade. Uh, at, you know, he he had uh, just less than a yard per route run in the slot, which is not good because that means he wasn't even getting open on like easy stuff. I, just everywhere you look, um, he was trending down. And I think that's why the Vikings went out and got Hawkins. And I think that's why they... Um, you know, let him go and and, and went and, and just drafted his replacement. So I, I don't think Thielen, you know, is going to play well this year. And I think he's a guy that he's a candidate to kind of fade as the season progresses as well, because mm-hmm. he's on the older side. You know, we were, we had questions about his health, you know, a few years ago, and he kind of rebounded and he was living off touchdowns at, at times in this Viking offense. But this Panther offense, uh, you know, you just don't expect – uh, you know, even if Bryce Young is what we think he's going to be, you really don't expect a massive amount uh, of of touchdowns to go around in year one in this offense. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I, I think the I'm out on Theo in, in the top 50. I just think there's like you said, there's just more upside with some yeah. of these younger guys um, where Steven, I think even if he starts the year with a couple of decent games, you know, it's going to go downhill. So you're going to have to you're going to have to sell them high. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm much higher on Thielen than you, obviously. But I think this range, this is where you got to take guys with the high ceiling. And Thielen, I, I think he's a high floor guy. I still do. Like, he could legit be the number one target. Um, so there there would be some situations where you would take him, especially if he falls out of the top 60. Let's say you just take a bunch of high upside guys. You take a Jamison Williams, and you just need, uh, you know, high to just give you some scores here and there. Um, I think that's when Thielen makes sense, but obviously just this range, we're trying to target guys with higher upside than Thielen. Yeah. And similar, uh, you got any others or no, that's it for me. Yeah. I was, I was just a couple more for me, like a similar guys, uh, Zay Jones at wide receiver 53, you know, with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk uh, as the top two. And then, you know, Engram really emerged last year. You're looking at, you know, the number four target here. So I think last year was a great year to kind of, you know, that was the year you wanted to buy low on Jones. Now he's just kind of sitting here as the third target, uh, third wide receiver, probably fourth in the target totem pole for mm-hmm. Jacksonville. I, I just think there is more downside than upside, especially since Zay Jones is, you know, he's never been elite uh, or anything like that. Uh, and then Tim Patrick, another guy, he's going wide receiver 61. That is just way too high. Like, we don't even know if he's, in favor at all in this, yeah. this coaching staff. Like they, he might not even have like a, a, a starting spot 
uh, you know, out like penciled in for him to to compete for. Uh, he's coming off an injury. He was never a guy that was, you know, considered a, a wheat either. So I, I think, yeah, a lot of guys in this range are just being drafted here based on like some things that happened in the past. But if you're projecting forward, I think there's a lot of downside guys like Zay, Zay Jones and, and Tim Patrick. Yeah, so I was going to say Zay Jones, but he won me so much money last year, <laughs> right. I couldn't do it. But I do agree with you. Um, I, I Yeah, he's not an elite talent, but he was, what, a second rounder? He's talented, yeah. but I think just having Cal Ridley, uh, you know, play on the Jaguars this year is a massive hit to his value. Plus, I mean, if you remember at the end of last season, end of the playoffs, Evan Ingram just turned into a monster yep. where uh, I remember in 2021, it was James Conner where we were yes, like, if you yes. watch him, it matches the numbers. He yes. was just a beast. And if you watched Evan Ingram at the, I know he's always had talent. He's been inconsistent, but it looked like he put it all together at the end yep. of last season. I mean, he looked really friggin' good. So I think Evan Ingram could keep that going into the season. And that's just, you know, Zay Jones is going to be probably the number four target in this offense. So um, that that's tough. That's, Tough to take him in this range. Love the guy. Love the player. But yeah, 53 is uh, probably too expensive. Yeah. DFS guy more so, I think, than. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, I'm sure the Jaguars, because the Jaguars will probably be in some shootouts. I still don't think their defense is he'll very be, good. Yeah. He'll be 4K, stuck at 4K. Right, right. And, yeah. You know, touchdown upside. So. All right. That is going to do it for our 2023 wide receiver stock watch for the Fantasy Flex podcast to recap. Uh, Sean's undervalued wide receivers, Michael Gallup, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Alan Lazard, mine, Keenan Allen, Traylon Burks, Romeo Dobbs, Alec Pierce, uh, Marvin Mims, and, and then Sean's overvalued guys, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams, mine, Debo, uh, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Zay Jones, and Tim Patrick. If you haven't checked out our running back episode or our quarterback tight end episode, those are out now. So be sure to check those out right here on this channel. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.